service your existing car with us right now and it's worth £500 off your next car. Yes, at Macklin Motors Toyota, we'll give you a £500 voucher off any of our brand new Toyotas when you book in for a service with our expert Toyota trained technicians. We even have complimentary courtesy cars available, so book your service now and get £500 off any new Toyota. Visit macklinmotors.co.uk or see us at Kennishead Road, Darnley. Macklin Motors, the new name for Toyota sales and servicing in Glasgow. Valid on services till 30th September. Excludes Motability and Fleet customers. One £500 voucher per vehicle purchased by 31st December. The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com Representing some of the biggest motoring manufacturers across Scotland. Let's go! Okay, guess who we've got on the football show today? He was three years at Celtic. He was a total of five years at Motherwell in two spells uh, in response to that that irate caller who got in touch with us uh, to say he wasn't just a Celtic striker in Scotland, he did play for other Scottish teams uh, five years at Motherwell, during which he kind of upset the Celtic fans uh, a little bit. Uh, He was at Dundee United, he was at Partick Thistle uh, briefly. He's played for a lot of clubs in Australia. He has played for his country 26 times, is that about right? That Scott, would be right. Yes. Scott McDonald is with us. <laughs> good day. Good day. Good day. Good to have you on the show. Um, yeah. Back in Scotland for a little while and uh, en route shortly to Slovakia. Mm-hmm. I think Scott to do your pro license. Yes, indeed. Uh, really good candidates on this uh, on this pro license, and uh, you know, really pleased to to get on it with, with the SFA. Um, it's been difficult. Obviously, it's, everything's been majority online because of obviously the situation in the world. Uh, Finally, though, we all get to get together and um, go across and, and experience the European Under-19 Championships together and do a bit of work and a bit of homework while we're there. And, um, yeah, we're almost at the finishing line. So that's that's great news in itself as well. Yeah, it's got to be done by September, hasn't it? Yeah, that's, that's correct. Yeah, yeah. so um, a lot of work's been put in from the beginning to now. Um, a lot of assignments to, to be done. And there's been some great speakers along the way as well. The SFA have done a tremendous job in terms of keeping things going, uh, and particularly, you know, everything online, um, the likes of Greg Patterson and, and the formats that they've put upon. Um, it's, it's been impressive. Uh, obviously, you're frustrated because you want to be with the group and network a little bit more. And we even missed out in the student exchange at UEFA headquarters, unfortunately, because of COVID. So that was a bit of a shame. But finally, we get together and uh, hopefully we'll have a good time. Who's been particularly inspiring to listen to in terms of those speakers? Look, I think Jesse Marsh really oh, yeah. stood out at one point um, throughout it. This was while he was still in, still in, uh, I think it was Austria at the time. Um, and Michael Beale was very impressive. He was very open in terms of the stuff that he gave us, more open than some. Like some will, will come on and, and speak and they'll give you as much as you know they want to give you, not, not the real juicy stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, we had Jose Mourinho come on. We've had Vias Bolas. We've had some really, really good speakers. Hansi Flick was on the student exchange along with Roberto Martinez. So there, there's some great insight um, towards all that. Um, but, you know, along with that, you, you've got to get the experiences yourself as well. There's no better place than to, to learn uh, on the job as well. Your head coach, uh, your head coach even at uh, Gold Coast Knights. Um, so you've been about a year in charge. In fact, you're missing a you're yeah. going to miss a game, aren't you? Because you're heading for Slovakia. Yeah, that that via, sucks. Via Glasgow. That sucks. So, but I'll be streaming it tomorrow in transit um, to watch the game. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's a there's a bit of a weird one actually. Um, you know, because you're a bit of a control freak when you get in there and 
it's, it's you feel as if it's well, your you're not team. a control it's, freak before you yeah, went in there. exactly. <laughs> it's like your baby, isn't it? So you you want to be there. So, uh, but it's in good hands. Uh, we've done a lot of hard work. It's been great because obviously since I retired, probably about a year or so ago, um, I left Brisbane Raw, and it was sort of like, well, what am I going to do next? Am I going to go into you know an academy? I went to Western City before I retired, and there might have been an opportunity there, and, and maybe go back in the Brisbane Raw Academy. But I was, it, it was kind of like, well. If I go in there, who's going to mentor me? What am I going to learn in there? I'm going to have to do it to a certain structure. Um, do I believe in that structure? Probably not. So when this opportunity came to get my hands dirty and actually do everything from the hands, you know, from right, right from the the ground up, it was um, it was a really good opportunity, Rob. Um, you know, right from the word go, I had three months to actually look at the league um, while it was still going. They were still in competition in their in their season when I got the job so that was great as well I got a really good insight started the recruitment process had to release players talk to them had to re- try and negotiate re-sign players um, bring in staff uh, you name it it's grown up stuff yeah absolutely um, but you, you make mistakes along the way uh, there's no question uh, but it's been been fantastic you know just even pre-season planning uh, analytical stuff it's 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 where you get you know, the real knowledge. Um, you think you know it all, but realistically, you've got to get in there and actually experience it first and, and learn from those experiences and, and take on board what was right, what was wrong, and make sure that you're, you're documenting it all so you learn from it. It's great to have you with us. Um, it's always been uh, great working with you uh, in the media in the past. And of course, you've immediately become the best Australian on the Go Radio Football Show. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> oh, not hard. It's not hard, is no, it? No, <laughs> I'm just hoping he's not listening because there will be a text on its way to he, me. He certainly will be. Um, even now. Let's get this question out of the way early on. Uh, when are you joining the Celtic coaching staff? <laughs> that's a question I get asked very often, even back home when uh, Andrew was obviously got the job originally. Um, you know, at this moment in time, I'm just... I'm happy doing what I'm doing. Uh, there's been uh, no chat of that. I, I had little dialogue with with the manager at the very beginning, wishing him the very best of luck and welcome to the family, more or less. And uh, good luck with the roller coaster because it's certainly going to be one. But enjoy it. Um, certainly a lot of highs and lows throughout it. And thankfully, there's been a lot more highs for for Ange Postecoglou since he came to the club. Not a lot of people knew about him. There's been a real, real media buzz and real attention back home mm-hmm. from this. It's been great, actually. I mean. For me, it's it's fantastic because I've been a part of Scottish football all my life. It's Scotland's probably you know I call it home. Mm-hmm. So um, the attention that it's grabbed, it hasn't always been the case in terms of positive um, outlook and media perspective from Australian outlets. Um, it's it's been seen as sort of a, a poor man's league in a sense. Um, but we've had so much success in history of players coming through Scottish football and and, and growing and, and become great players. So I found that a little bit disrespectful. Only now we're finding a lot more respect for the game even. So it's it's it swings roundabouts because the respect for Ange wasn't really there on this side, but there really wasn't that respect for the game here on the other side. So we found that they've come together and it's um it's been great. And, and obviously the media attention, you get to do a lot of stuff on it back home as well. And, and Celtic now coming in November, which I'm you know delighted to be a part of as an ambassador for that game. So... Really looking forward to them coming mm. there as well, Rob. I think a lot of people here are probably now pretty embarrassed about what their immediate <laughs> reaction was yeah. when Ange got the job because everyone was wrapped up in, in the Eddie Howe chase, which had gone on forever. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly that was over. Uh, and who was this guy coming in? Mm, well, look, it's understandable to a degree. I think any 
you know, foreigner from, from outside of a European or South American, if it's not a serious country that, that takes its football serious, they're sort of asking the question. I think you even have that, you know, I've listened to Jesse Marsh, like I said, and you, you kind of get that impression that people, when he got the Leeds job, it's like, oh, he's American and the Americans they had in the past weren't successful, you know, one or two, the, the guy that was at Swansea, a bit of a joke, jovial character. And I think that, you know, the start was a little bit disrespectful, you know, to Ange and if we looked at his history and, but my goodness, he backs himself. Um, you know, and I, I know him from from previous. I, I worked with Ange, but it was a long time ago. You know, you're talking 18 years ago. Where was that? Um, in the national set of under 20s. Okay. I had two campaigns with, with, with Ange. I was his captain in one of those campaigns. Um, and look, he'd already had success before that. He, he had local success. He was, uh, you know, a winner at South Melbourne Hellas, uh, you know, on a, a two or three occasions, uh, you know, in the NSL then he went on to the the youth jobs uh, with, with Australia, which I was a part of. Uh, I had two campaigns with him there. Like I said, I was his captain. We went into, I think it was in 2003, the World Youth Cup in, in UAE. And <laughs> we had Brazil in our group. So Dani Alves, Adriano were playing, uh, to name it. There was, there was even a couple more top, top players. So um, the second group game, I scored in the first one. And um, he's, he's pulled me in his, in his, in his room at the time. And... Went, oh, look, you're not going to play. And then I was just like, what? I'm not going to play. I'm your captain. It was just for the way we want to play. You don't suit what we need to do for this game. And if we want to win, this is the way I believe it. Um, and that's the way we're going to go. That was it. How did that go from you? Oh, it wasn't, I wasn't happy, was I? But, yeah. it, you know, it, I, I give that story because it shows that even though I was his captain, he felt like I was his most experienced player because I'd been through two campaigns before that. Um, he felt just for that game that he needed to make a call. He's never been afraid to make the big calls um, and he backs himself every time. And I think we've seen that and that's what brings him success because he's got his beliefs and he sticks by them uh, constantly. And wherever he's gone, Rob, and, and that was the thing a lot of people didn't realize that everywhere he's gone, he's had success. Mm -hmm. You know, he's won everywhere. He's a serial winner, you know, and he's proven that again. And I guess you're not surprised by the motto which now follows him mm. around, we never stop, because he, he, you know, he's making a, a big play. In fact, let's listen to, to, to what he said on the 10th of June, uh, which was, of course, mm -hmm. his first anniversary as the Celtic manager. I've been really fortunate. I've had a lot of success, but this was definitely the hardest sort of challenge I've ever had and the hardest year I've ever had. You, you, you know, there's just a sense of relief that it's done. I probably did an interview with Luke after the game and I couldn't really put it into words exactly what was the strongest emotion. There was a million emotions. What was the overriding one? I didn't know. It was just like a mixture of everything. And I think looking back now and the way we finished off in the last game, I think there was a part of me that just sort of said, no, I don't want this to be the full stop. This year was about building the first foundation of a team that I hope will be competing and successful in the, in the, in the Premiership for the next few years. And my role is to make us better next year. We need to be better. It's the same in the Champions League. You know, our role is to get there and make an impact. Is that worrying for everyone else in Scotland that this is, for him, just the end of the first phase? Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, uh, you know, listening to him and, and he talks about that interview after the game and uh, I listened to it at the time. And I, I genuinely believe that, you know, when he got the job, he knew it was huge. And, and in terms of, I know you guys have talked about it time and again through this season, how big a job it was and, and the impact that he had to make and the recruitment and not having a head of recruitment, not having a CEO, having a half a team that, basically was desolate that that moved on or ones that didn't want to be there had to reshuffle the pack 
then had to bring his philosophy and everything else and do it all himself, not bring staff with him. You know, all these these factors and, and, and you're thinking to yourself, and I think Ange, being realistic, would have said, you know, if we get close this year, then then that's a result in itself. And if we can win a trophy or, or two and, you know, in a cup, uh, I'll, I'll take that. Um, but to, to do a double and the way he's done it, I think that's why the overriding emotion at the end of it, and he says a sense of relief because he knew that he walks in with that pressure um, because the respect isn't there for him as well. And everyone's saying, oh, he won't last till Christmas. You know, and um, he, he's always wanted to prove people wrong. Even within the Australian media when he was the national team uh, head coach for those years and how it ended with uh, the, the national team at youth level before that, how he come back and won a double championship with Brisbane Roar and the football they played arguably is the, the best football that Australian football's seen um, in that time. Um, so, you know, he's a guy that believes in himself and he'll constantly back himself. Uh, but I think even he himself would have would have thought, you know, this year is going to be a tough ask, you know, considering that Stephen Gerrard was still at the club. Um, they had made a lot of changes. They recruited the couple, but he was having to change a whole team. Um, and it's interesting because not a lot of managers get their recruitment almost 100% right. And, no. and you could argue that almost, you know, every single one of his, his signings were bang on the money. Yeah, I mean, he signed 15 mm. in 12 months. But you'd be hard pushed. I mean, James McCarthy hasn't yeah. hasn't exactly no, I mean, set the set the heather alight. Mm-hmm. Um, but but there aren't too many that that haven't gone. I mean, most most of the team all season has been his signings. No, it's incredible. And and when you look at it as well, they've all had their moments, haven't they? Um, at pivotal moments. So Kyogo comes in, uh, sets the world alight at the start. Has that serious injury, wins a league cup final for them. Then obviously the the other Japanese contingency comes in. O'Reilly comes in. What a performance! He gets the best out of Tommy Rogic again, uh, which was fantastic to see. Callum McGregor starts becoming the the, the leader that everyone was going to hope. Um, and even you know from a back four p- perspective, question marks. Joe Hart. That's a long deal. Um, he's not played a lot of football. Is he past it? Well, he's certainly not. Mm. You know he, he's been wonderful, bringing in Starfelt, Cart Vickers. You know, it's it goes on getting the best out of Tony Ralston as well, who who you would probably have argued he's probably not going to be at Celtic much longer. He's re-established himself now, and he's going to be at Celtic for a good time to come. Greg Taylor, exactly the same. Yeah. So he, even the ones that, that were already there prior, he's got the best out of them, and it's been uh, it's just been tremendous to watch, Rob. And as you say, it's been kind of seamless. And when Kyogo was out for a long time, upstep Yakimakis to become in the end the joint top premiership scorer. Yeah, I've got a real soft spot for him. I like him. I like the way he, he's something different for Celtic too. Mm. He gives them that little bit of difference. And I think in the old firm games particularly, they were the ones where when he didn't play, I felt that Celtic lost something in those last couple of games. He gave them that that pivotal someone to to go and rough Rangers up and, and hold it up, get a foul. He was very, very good in those moments. Um, but his goal scoring record as well in the second half of the season spoke for itself. He had a little bit of a you know, the starting at the starting period injuries, and you're thinking, is he gonna be another one of those strikers at Celtic sign? And it just doesn't work out. They've had a few of them in you know in previous years, and you're thinking is this going to be another one? He's come from the Dutch league, top scorer there. Is he going to do it here? But he has, and he, yeah. I think even now we're seeing you know for Greece he's doing mm. exceptionally well, yeah. and I think he's going to go from strength to strength as well. Right, um, we're heading towards the break, but before we go there, uh, I'm going to uh, I'm going to play a little game with you here, which involves one word answers from you, which is going to be difficult. <laughs> that's that's going to be a, that's going to be a challenge. <laughs> um, so I'm going to go through all your clubs, and I want you to sum up 
your time there in one word. Now, don't get us taken off air, so you can't use any of those <laughs> words. Um, but here we go. Um, first one, I'll need your help in the pronunciation. Is it Gippsland or... Gippsland Falcons. Gippsland Falcons. Yeah. One uh, word. Experience. Casey Comets. Fun. <laughs> Southampton. That was in 2001. Second home. Is it hyphenated? Sorry. To be, to be yeah. one word. Well, it's not my home, so second home. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's as good as I get. Huddersfield on loan. Um, what's the word I'm looking for for that one? Brief. Uh, well, it was brief, but I, what I would say is it resilience. Resilience. Bournemouth on loan. Restart. Wimbledon. Administration. <laughs> right. Um, Motherwell first spell. Memories. Yeah, some bad ones for some Celtic fans. Um, Celtic, three years at Celtic. 64 goals, is that right? Yeah, it is. Yeah. One word to sum up Celtic for you? Gold. Middlesbrough. Um, underwhelming. Good one. Um, what what club was that? I've lost, I've lost track. Millwall. Now was, we're was, at Millwall. Right, Millwall. Mental, <laughs> mental Millwall. Yeah, that figures. Uh, second spell, Motherwell. Satisfying. Uh, a season at Dundee United. Unsatisfying. Although you scored quite a few goals. Um, Partick Thistle. I saw a picture of you with Jerry Britton yesterday. Uh, Partick Thistle. Brief, but... Romance. Okay. Western United. Back to Australia. Um, <laughs> disappointing. Brisbane Roar. It's hard to find one word, isn't it? Um, resurrected. There you go. This is good. <laughs> yeah. This is good. Uh, Western Sydney Wanderers. End. And Gold Coast Knights. You pl you played there before. Did you play there before managing there? Yes. Yeah. You played for a bit. Yeah. Oh, oh, no, I didn't. No, I actually didn't. No, no you didn't no, play. No, no, what happened was, um, right, we'll get on to that in a minute. Um, restart. There you go. For, for Knights. But it, it, what happened was we had a FA Cup game. Because of COVID, it got delayed um, and it was out of our season. So it was four months out of our season. So we had to find players left, right and centre. This okay. was my first competitive game. It was against Melbourne Victory, A-League. They're halfway right. through their season. Um, and we've got to find a team to be competitive within this um, in the round of 32. Um, as it was, I knew my players weren't going to be able to last 90 minutes because they hadn't played it. We couldn't find any friendly because everyone was on holiday. Right. right? So only teams that were, were still playing were the professional ones. They're not... They're all interstate, so it's like two hours flight away. You're not going to mm. pay that money to go and try and play them. So you're playing in-house games against each other with players you're trying to bring in. Um, as it was, um, I was available. So I, I put myself on the bench for right. that game um, just in case we, we had the injuries and whatnot. It ended up, we ended up going to extra time and losing 2-1, and I come on late in the you know the 90 minutes to, to try and help us out. I certainly didn't. So <laughs> that, that, that was the end of game yeah. over after that. Okay, restart mm -hmm. then for uh, Gold Coast Knights and that's exactly what we're going to do after the break with Scott McDonald. The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com representing some of the biggest motoring manufacturers across Scotland. Let's go! You're not going to that Sheeran concert tonight, are you, Scott? 
No, unfortunately not. Actually, I didn't know it was on. Maybe <laughs> no. it could have went. Yeah. We've got Scott McDonald, the former uh, Celtic, Motherwell, Dundee United, Partick Thistle, and uh, if you were listening before the break, quite a few other clubs as well in a long career. And uh, he has embarked on the, the coaching path now with Gold Coast Knights in Australia, back in uh, Glasgow for a few days. And he's heading for Slovakia. Uh, to get his pro licence done and that will be that in terms of qualifications Um, will he I wonder ever come back to Scotland uh, as a coach what are you thinking Uh, do you know what it's certainly never say never Robert Mm. it's it's certainly in the thought process Um, I think for Australian football it's fantastic we qualified for another World Cup fifth Uh, one thanks thanks, fifth one in a row Rob you know success um (laughs) I thoroughly needed this time round because COVID really kicked us in the teeth. Um, obviously, I was part of the, the playing uh, in the A-League at that time and, and we lost our TV deal um, through, obviously, breach of contract because we couldn't play the game. So the TV company was already sort of not wanting um, to be a part of you know football slash soccer at the time because the, the ratings were going down and, and they seen a way out and they took it. So um, from that, the finance was, was a real struggle um, we, we lost that, that $50 million revenue, which was basically paid for every team's salary cap. Um, so there was a lot of negotiations with the PFA and the FA had to go through and everyone had to take 65% pay cuts to actually allow the league to survive mm. um, till the end of that season, get it going again. Um, the, the TV company had agreed, right, we'll, we'll do it to the end of the season and allow you to, to push on and, and then negotiate with someone else. Managed to do that. It's at a rebuilding stage. Um, the FA had really struggled. Thankfully, though, we've got the Women's World Cup in 2023, and now you know the the, the men's national teams qualified. We're, we're we're starting to get in a better place. Um, the league, the Australian league itself, needs to get a little bit better. Uh, obviously, from a youth product and and what we're trying to deliver and 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 bring through better players, that needs to start happening. What I'm delighted to see though is there's a lot more players now coming back to Europe mm. rather than going the Asian route because. When we started, uh, you know, qualifying through the Asian route, and I think it was 2010, it it, it allowed an, an open door for for players to to go and cash in. Um, we were now seen as a one of the Asian players. You allowed three foreigners and one Asian player in in these Asian clubs. So straight away, as soon as we become open to that, all heads were turned from players, and they were, you know, the, when the Chinese market was at its strongest, all our better players were were getting their heads turned and going there rather than developing and going across to Europe again. So mm. that's where we've really struggled. And, and that's why I say Scottish football is excellent for Australian players. And we've seen a real influx uh, mm. last season and we're seeing it again this season. And I'm really excited to see how all the boys do over here. Quite a few well-known names for us, of course, in that Australian squad that's just qualified for the World Cup. Uh, I wish you hadn't mentioned the World Cup because it's mm-hmm. uh, those are two painful words for us at the moment. But uh, um, Jackson Irvin's in there uh Kai Rolls, who's just yep. signed with Hearts. with with Hearts, uh, courtesy of a dodgy agent, I believe. <laughs> um, he he is he's signed up there. Martin Boyle. I mean, did Scott, have Scotland missed out on Martin Boyle? Do you think could he have been uh, a big part of the Scotland squad had he had Scotland wanted him badly enough? I think so. Without, I think what he gives you, uh, how he's able to you know in a one v one situation drive at an opponent and and beat him and. And, and back the opposition off. Uh, he does that so well for for Australia and, and he's our biggest outlet when, we, when we're up against it or if we're looking for someone to go and change a game and, and make something happen, Boyle's the guy we go to. 
Um, that's how important he is to to Graham Arnold's uh, you know team uh, and national team. So I, I think I think Scotland would certainly you know be at an advantage to have him. Um, but I, I don't see too much wrong with the Scotland squad right now. It's just that unfortunately the results haven't mm. been there. But have you, you been watching? Yeah, 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 I've been watching, and and obviously the performances haven't been there as well, and it's been disappointing, and there's been. A lot of noise again, um, as there always is when mm. when Scotland don't don't get the results and, and and the dream dies once again. But a year ago, everyone was in euphoria, yeah. you know, the, the, in the Euros and games at Hampden Park, and now it's back to reality, isn't it? Mm. The the doom and gloom of, of yeah. the, the national team. It's but, been a little mini roller coaster, hasn't it, over, yeah. the, over the last fortnight? Basically, where you know, bad results against uh, Ukraine. They were a good team, but, yes. but Scotland were way below their best, and then and then that uh, the debacle of of Dublin. Yeah. But um, I mean, as you say, I mean, you, you look you look at the squad, um, and there are a lot of really good players playing for really good teams, big players in big teams, yeah. uh, and also I think we maybe find out how much we miss Kieran Tierney. Yes, yeah. Look, he's been out injured now for 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 a little bit of time, and it'd be great to to see him come back and. You got to remember. Look, it's the same for everyone, but a lot of these players, how many games they've played throughout, you know, the the season, just gone. Mm. Like Andy Robertson, the, the amount of football that he's played, he surely he'd be burnt out a little bit, you know, in terms of, you know, and and let's not make any mistake about it. The the whole remit for this this once the season finished was to qualify for the World Cup. So it's understandable. Players have got a little bit of a hangover from you know not getting there and then having to start your your next campaign, you know, a few days later, that's that's not easy. It's not easy to do. And and as we've seen, it, the, the, the disappointment was probably still there and the performance was, was there also. Kieran Tierney, um, of course, has been linked uh, with some big moves away from Arsenal, having gone there from Celtic in that £25 million deal. And, and one of the rumours going around today uh, centres on Aaron Hickey, uh, who might be a replacement uh, for Kieran Tierney ready to move on but of course Hickey pretty adaptable in that he can play um, right side or left side he's had a great season with Bologna and there's talk today of an £18 million move to Arsenal incredible money isn't it yeah. you know that's just the, the power of the Premier League in terms of the, the the monies that you talk now and look I think if you look at Kieran's track record of the last two years as well he's been in and out a lot he's had he's had a lot of niggles and, and, and a couple of serious injuries and I think you need that backup you need that squad anyhow um It'd be great to see them both. I think there'd be a lot of upset from Arsenal fans if Kieran Tierney left. Mm -hmm. They see him as really the the proper leader of that football club, yeah. Um, and and the captain and the the talisman for them. So, I don't think that would go down too well if if Kieran left uh, the football club. There is a little trend of uh, of Scotland defenders, fullbacks, mm. wingbacks being in big demand at the moment. We saw Nathan Patterson, of course, from Rangers moving to Everton for a deal that was run, worth around about £16 million. Pounds. And today, it's, we've been talking about it for a long time, but it, but it, it looks as if the deal is done now to move... Um, to move Calvin Ramsey yep. uh, from Aberdeen to Liverpool sounds like it's about four and a half million maybe up front and then with there's talk of three million in add-ons and, and maybe a 20% sell-on clause as well so all in all that could be a decent deal well it's a record deal for Aberdeen anyway because it beats, yeah. beats the Scott McKenna yeah, deal it's a tremendous deal for them isn't it you know they've, they've done fantastic there and Jim Goodwin will be hoping he gets a little bit of that in the <laughs> yeah. war chest, won't he, for, for this season. But again, a, another player that's really came on the scene this year, uh, particularly performed excellently. Um, going to Liverpool is a tough ask, isn't it, to, to try and get minutes down there. 
But one thing you will say, if you're good enough, Klopp gives you the opportunity. He's gave a lot of the, the younger players mm-hmm. the, the chance, yeah. at least, to, to to find their feet in the first team at a certain time. So There's things like Carabao Cup, where, where yeah. a lot of the English teams tend to, to play players on the periphery. Correct. And when you're playing in, playing in training with that elite level player, you're only going to improve tenfold. So I think it's a wonderful move for, for the kid himself. And it's a great deal for Aberdeen. And they'll move forward and, and their youth system's really, really striving right now. Gavin Lear, who's on our pro license as well, is doing a great job in there. Um, and, and they had some success uh, last week as well, overseas, I believe, yeah. as well, didn't they, Rob? They did. And they've got uh, Conor Barron, who looks a, a real talent mm-hmm. uh, coming through uh, in the midfield as well. The, has the Tam Court story taken you a bit by surprise? Uh, yes. Great season at Dundee United, finishing yes. fourth, qualifying for Europe. Out, straight out of the academy, I, I think we were all looking at that at the time as a scaling down exercise by Dundee United, but it's gone really well. And of course, the next thing that happens is he, he's off and, he, and he's now the manager of Honved in Hungary. Not even the team he was linked with. No. By no. all accounts. So no. it's a, yeah, it's a, been an incredible week um, of news coming out of Dundee United, isn't it? Um, look, I think uh, it will be a shock. Uh, I think he's been real positive for Dundee United and Dundee United fans and and, and what he was doing there, I think at the start, they were, fans were sceptical, but got behind him. And it was a really, really successful season from you know from the club itself. And they were looking to build on that. And all of a sudden, your, your manager goes again. You know, that's that's two managers in two years now. I think it's three in the last three years, mm. is it? Yeah. As well, you know, with yeah. Robbie as well, Robbie yep. Nielsen. So, yep. you know, it's a big turnover of managers for, for Dundee United. But obviously, Jack Ross being linked, mm. I think that's a, a great appointment if they're, if they're to get their hands on Jack as well. Yeah, I think that will uh, that will see them kick on, and it will be good to to, have, uh, to keep Jack Ross in, in Scottish football. Um, to be honest, uh, there's talk of uh, well, there's always talk of Alfredo Morelos at Rangers, isn't there? Um, the room, the current rumor is Sevilla, maybe mm. in, in Spain. But you would have to think, wouldn't you, that Rangers uh, would be desperate to keep him because if they were to lose him, then they would be shelling out a lot of money to get a player of that quality, you know, who can score goals at the top European level. I guess it just depends on how how valuable Giovanni Van Broncos feels that that he is to to the current squad. Obviously, missing a lot of football at the back end of the season and the success that that was brought upon you know Rangers, in, particularly in Europe. Um, we all know Morelos' strengths. It's just you do have a sort of a, a time at a club, don't you, that is it time up or is it not? Can he still motivate himself to continue and, and perform at the highest levels or is his head turned? We've seen in, in, in previous years that there has been links with, with many a club and he wants to go. No, he doesn't want to go. Uh, is it a case that he's running down his deal now as well and Rangers might might see it as, well, we need to cash in at some point because he's not going to re-sign or we don't see any value in re-signing him as well. Where's the strategy in that with Ross Wilson? So there's a lot of questions to be asked. Um, I still think if the right price comes, I think he, I think they'll probably take it, Rob. Who had the better season, Celtic or Rangers? Title for Celtic, an unlikely <laughs> title uh, when you look at how it all started. Uh, Rangers got to a European final, came within a penalty of winning uh, a European trophy. Who had the better season? Celtic. Celtic did. You know, because they won two trophies, Rangers won one. Mm -hmm. And Celtic automatically qualified for the Champions League Mm -hmm. and and got the pot pot of money. Rangers still have to go and do that. Um, What I will say is it's been great for Scottish football. Um, Both teams having the success that they've had. Um, Rangers in Europe, it's it's been great for the game and, and promoting... Scottish football and getting that point system for for European football up there. Um, so, but I, you know, people say I'm biased, but 
you know, we talked, we just talked about Ange and coming in. Um, and that's not to say Giovanni Van Bronco's not done an excellent job as well. Um, and it's neck and neck at the moment, you know, because when when Celtic beat Rangers in, in that first um, first game when Van Broncos took over, you, you're saying to yourself, has he got the answers to to come back at, at Celtic and to come back at Ange Postacoglu? You know, he was outthought and and outmoved in that game, and, and he certainly come back and 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 showed that he's the more than capable and, and from a tactical perspective to get his team set up right to to go and challenge Celtic. Um, and it was neck and neck in terms of out with those games that there wasn't much points dropped. So. I think it's going to be tight again next season and, and very exciting to watch. You were talking earlier on about Ange arriving without any backroom staff and in fact going through the whole season without any backroom staff of his own. Um, it does sound as if Harry Kuehl, um is going to be part of that for next season. Yeah, by all accounts from from what I'm hearing, it's yeah, it's, it's going to happen, um, which is great. It's great for Australian coaches again. It's mm. it's great for Harry as well, who's who's been you know a manager himself now and and had great experience. He worked at Watford at the very beginning as uh, the under-23s coach in there, then moved into into coaching at Crawley, had his time at Notts County, then he moved to Oldham, then Barnet. So he's, he's seen some some good and some bad uh, moments within that. Um, but let's not take away his experiences as well. A European you know, Champions League winner, um, played for some top clubs along the way. Just... You know, if I have to say in terms of players that I played with from a technical aspect and what they had... It, Know, him and Mark Faduka out with what I play with Celtic, they were just unbelievable. Harry was Harry was the best technically, um, you know, that I'd seen, and huge admiration for him as a, as a footballer. When he when he was fully fit and flying, he was he was hard to control. One Australian who's departed Celtic is Tom Rogic. Did that surprise you? Very much so. I, I was shocked because there was no sort of uh, news coming out about that that was actually going to happen. And correct me if I'm wrong, but no. and also I, I actually believe that he he still had years on his deal to go, mm-hmm. and no one's really mentioned that or said, and there was the Champions League to look forward yeah, to. Yeah, exactly, and how well he'd performed this yeah. season. That was, maybe, was that the best season of his of oh, his look, career? For me, no. I think his best best was the first season. Brendan Rodgers was at the club. Right. I think that was obviously he scores the winner against Aberdeen in the cup final. Mm-hmm. Rob, you remember that? Yeah? I do indeed. <laughs> I do indeed. You know, so I, and I think he was unplayable at times in that season. But we were seeing limits. Uh, He'd know, been glimpses. rejuvenated, yeah, hadn't he? We, we'd seen those things coming back again. Mm. And it was wonderful to see that Tommy was getting back to those stages, didn't have the niggles anymore. I think he had one little niggle this he season. He was playing a whole 90 minutes. Yeah, he was as well, <laughs> wasn't he? You know, at a high tempo, yeah. the way Ange wants to play. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, I thought to myself, no, he's got a good couple of years left at the highest level. Um, it's going to be interesting to see where he goes now, Rob, because mm. there's been links to, you know, the, that big money pot in, in Asia. Mm. Um, look, you can't you can't blame players for doing that, particularly when they get to the end of their, their careers. Uh, he's far from the end. He's still only 29. Um, and that's why it became a real big shock because he's not, you know, past or in his 30s yeah. and at the end of his deal and they're not going to renew it. You know, it was kind of like, well, mutual consent almost that, okay, well, we understand you've been with us for nine years and you've got your reasons. We'll, we'll let you move on and good luck for the future. So um, it's interesting, but obviously they've got a great replacement already in, in O'Reilly for me. Uh, he, he's really impressed me since mm-hmm. he come to the club and um, it's, it's kind of funny how they both look so similar mm-hmm. on the football pitch and how yeah. they move and, and everything they do. I think there's, I think obviously O'Reilly's a little bit more industrial than what, what Tommy is in terms of doing the other side of the game. Mm-hmm. But I think uh, this is going to be a big season for him. Scott McDonald and Rob McLean talking football for a little bit longer. 
The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com Representing some of the biggest motoring manufacturers across Scotland Let's go Got Scott McDonald with us on the football show How much do you not like uh, being asked about Helicopter Sunday? <laughs> it doesn't work too well on the radio. No, now. it doesn't, does it? <laughs> when you gesture towards me or just give me the even give me the blank look and the raised eyebrows. Uh, look, it has its place in, in my history and for a reason and, and um brought me to, to where I was meant to be thereafter. Everything happens for a reason, Rob. Yeah. You know, so I don't look back in that in in a disgraced way or ashamed of it. It's it's part of what it is. It just gets brought up a lot and my allegiances are are what they are. And yeah, it's 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 hard to describe all that. Um, and again, the amount of times I've had to explain myself, it, it's mm. yeah, it's been good three years actually, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> have you have you had to build a few bridges? Are the bridges complete that you've been building with some of the family members? Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, absolutely. Now, yeah, I'd like to think so. Um, there's still people out there that that still can't forgive, I, I think. But that's that's fair enough. I understand and. That's 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 part of football and the passion that's there, you know, for for their clubs and what they believe. But it is what it is. You, you have a job to do. You do it, and you do it to the very best of your ability. I didn't care. I didn't have that at the time. I was only there to to succeed and and do one thing for me and and for the club I was playing for. And I always have been like that. Having signed for Celtic from Motherwell, when do you think you felt the forgiveness, the full forgiveness of the Celtic fans? It's funny because we actually went to, to Celtic Park today. I, I got invited to to do something. It was they asked me to do it on Zoom. I said, oh, I'm actually going to be here. They went, Brilliant, come in then. So it was wonderful to go back and actually see some people, some old faces, some new ones, and and you know go down memory lane. And every time you go back, even if it was empty, you get that buzz again. You know, just. You know, it's being on the turf, you know, not that you're allowed on it, but just beside it and just seeing, you know, the club and, and then talking about those big games. And you asked that question, probably I'd have to say, look, I scored the, my first goal was in the European uh, qualification round against Spartak Moscow. That was huge. You obviously get monkey off your back score. But I think um, where it all came to fruition was probably the goal against AC Milan because people start talking about you for that reason rather than other reasons and, Finally, now you're at peace and people start to believe that you belong there as well and you can move on and start being the player that you want to be for that club and trying to build memories and bridges. Do you think you might be back there at some point? I don't know. You're going to ask me that again, aren't you, as well? But no, I do. Look, I'm I just going through my head, that was all. Maybe. Because yeah, it look, obviously means, means would, a yeah, lot would to I you. Would I like to? Absolutely. You know, it's it's, it's a club you know that, that I absolutely adore and support and... Um, you know, playing for them was a dream come true, and um, to get that opportunity is just a bit surreal. Where you come from, and to be able to do that mm. um, alone, but for any Celtic supporter or any kid growing up to to do that is a dream come true. And then to to go in another line of work in in that club would be would be a phenomenal thing and a phenomenal achievement. So yeah, look, I never say never to to anything, and I'm very open to the opportunities. You know, in terms of Australia, it's very. Unfortunately, we're at a stage where it's very limited in terms of and even where you can go. Um, even if you do bring success, it's it's kind of, we look at Ange and you look at Kevin Musket, you, you have to move abroad to to be able to go and pursue and, and, and get better and, and, and learn things and, and improve and, and, and try and go up the, up the ladder. 
You mentioned, Ange, there it was his anniversary uh, a couple of weeks mm. ago, uh, a year at Celtic. We heard from him talking about that first season in charge, the, the toughest season he's ever had to, to deal with. And he spoke as well about that, that pivotal moment, that February night at Celtic Park, 3-0. If we got beaten that night and, you know, and Rangers had outplayed us, you go and the gap's four points or whatever it was, We've got to play them twice and we've still got to convince people that we're capable of knocking them off. But the manner of everything that happened that night, I just thought, OK, well, now my job is to make sure that we stay on course, you know, don't get... Because, again, it works both ways, yeah? If, if things aren't going well, there's a lot of heat. If things are going well, they are going well, then there's all this euphoria that, again, can potentially change your approach. So it was then... OK, we need even more narrow-minded focus. Forget we're first, forget we've beaten them. Let's keep moving on from here and being the best team we can be. How will uh, Ange and Celtic move on from uh, what they've achieved, what he's achieved uh, this season? How big is Europe, the Champions League, having got there, having won the big prize to get straight into the group stages? Um, how keen will he be to to make an impact? Well, he's obviously keen to make an impact, but I guess what I'm probably wanting to ask you is is you know he won't compromise, will he? He no. won't. He won't change his football mm. philosophy. There'll be loads of people screaming at him, Scott, to say, "Be more pragmatic, uh, no. sit in, try and stay in games." That that's just not happening, is it? It won't happen because he's putting himself and he's putting his team and he's putting his club on show. And uh, the remit for him is to play like he always wants to play aggressively. Um, I think obviously the motto we never stop, but I think. A word that that goes with him is, is relentless. Mm -hmm. he, he is absolutely relentless, um, and he he he's a wonderful speaker. You know, when, yeah. when he speaks, like and and I go back to that game that he just mentioned. You know, the the, the Celtic Rangers game and the performance itself. Like I remember, like watching it, and like you know, five minutes in, I'm texting my mate, going, "This is going to be a doing. They're going to absolutely. They're going to take four or five off them." It was reminding me, obviously, that. That game, if you remember back when Luba Maravchik mm. come on the scene, scored the a couple of goals. Game. Yeah, the five, yeah. In fact, Van Bronco scored on that game. Yep. Actually scored a free kick, didn't he? Yep. And it had the the makings of that game, just just how they dominated the game. In particular, that first half was... I've never seen a performance like that. It was so electric. And I think from that performance, everyone believed, wow, this guy's got it. You know, this is our man. This is our leader. And the, it wasn't just a performance. It was actually... If you go back to his his after match interview and how he spoke after that, but he spoke to the supporters mm -hmm. and, and what it meant to them and how much they've been through in this short space of time, the whole COVID saga, um, but the sufferings of the season before, and this is for you. And I think that just epitomized everything about him and, and actually the connection that was so big and and with between him and the the the, the supporters now, mm -hmm. and I think they both get it now. And and the, that connection is so strong, and, and the support there, and, and and that's that's a big thing for for Celtic as a club, or you know, a big club as well, looking to build success. You need everyone going in the right direction, and and he got that, you know, from that result and how he spoke after the game, he, he got that. And you talk about this season, he won't be looking back at last season. He'll just go now, and he'll make tough calls. Like I'm, I told that story early on, even players that done well for him last year, if he thinks he can improve his squad and they're going to be better than what's already there, then he'll replace them. Mm -hmm. He's he's not scared in doing so. If he's bit. brave enough to leave his under-20s captain out, then... Oh, yeah, it's a different level. Let's get it real. <laughs> <laughs> you know, at that time, there's no one watching, but I, I genuinely believe he's not scared to do no, that. He's not no. He's not a guy that is uh, emotional 
or gets attached to things. He's already yeah. said that time and again, mm. and and I know that for a fact. He's very straight with with how he how he works and how he speaks at times. He's had to learn, I think, though. I think coming to European football and coming to Scottish football, it, it wasn't like the culture in Japanese, you know, the J League itself, mm. and how the the ethics and the cultures are there, and having that language barrier. And then he had to. He wasn't talking through a translator. He had to speak to the players, and I think he's done that superbly. Does he run the risk then? Do Celtic run the risk in the Champions League group stages of getting a hiding by attacking these games the way they do? Well, we've seen this before in terms of when Brendan Rodgers was at the club, and that was always the argument, wasn't it? That mm. there's there's no plan B, there's no pragmatic uh, approach. It's just all guns ho and. We need to rethink this um, when they go away from home and they play against these top elite clubs. Look, I, I don't think he will change it anyhow. You can argue it till the sun comes up, but mm. he, he's not going to change it. He's going to go with it. And I think I think Celtic players improved so much even through that, though, because everything they were trying to do was aggressive and it was positive and they were trying to play proper football. You know, I, Don't get me wrong, there's more than one way to skin a cat. And in, in our time... When, when I was at Celtic uh, playing against the likes of these big clubs, we knew we had to give up the ball. We, we weren't as good as them. So we were a bit more pragmatic in terms of our approach. Our approach was like, and even like after that with Neil Lennon's approach at times as well, look, we get certain moments in the game. We've got to make sure that we take them and set pieces and everything else. They were massive. Um, but now it's more expansive play and, and that's, you know, the fans enjoy that. Whether or not they'll enjoy it if they're getting beat four or five, who knows? But you have to wait and see what the group brings as well. Yeah, it's, it's all exactly. potluck. Yeah. When you look at Ange and the job he does, the way he and the way he does it, do you think, I can take uh, a few bits and pieces out of the way he works and as I look to become a, a top coach and manager as well? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, for every Australian aspiring coach, you know, up and coming He's certainly the, the one that we aspire to and, and look up to and, and, and he's just been phenomenal. And, and I think it's like you look at tactics and everything else and, and you think, how does he do that? Yeah, he does that with his fullbacks or, or whatever. You can see all those things for yourself. If you, if you read the game and you're good at the game, you, you'll be able to see that, but you'll be able to get pointers off him. But it's also what he does off the pitch and how he approaches his players. And that's the, the special things about the uh, the elite level managers and what they're able to do and how they speak at the right moments and what they're able to get out of their players because they're all good players, but how do you get them to reach the next levels and get the understanding of what you need? When are you off to Slovakia? Uh, tomorrow morning. All right, okay. Well, good luck. Hope Thank you go, very much. Goes well. And it's been great to have you on the show and hopefully not too long before we speak yeah. to you again. Pleasure as always. Uh, good luck for the season ahead. Thank you very much. And we're back tomorrow night. Simon Donnelly with Paul live at five. The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com representing some of the biggest motoring manufacturers across Scotland. Let's go! Service your existing car with us right now and it's worth £500 off your next car. Yes, at Macklin Motors Toyota, we'll give you a £500 voucher off any of our brand new Toyotas when you book in for a service with our expert Toyota trained technicians. We even have complimentary courtesy cars available, so book your service now and get £500 off any new Toyota. Visit macklinmotors.co.uk or see us at Kennishead Road, Darnley. Macklin Motors, the new name for Toyota sales and servicing in Glasgow. Valid on services till 30th September. Excludes Motability and Fleet customers. One £500 voucher per vehicle purchased by 31st December.